person in this room spiritually. And as we leave today, we will never ever be the same because our spiritual man will be nourished with the word of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. We're currently teaching the series on how to have a better life. Say that with me. Say how to have a better life. Now look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, are you ready to have a better life? The goal of our series is to help you discover that a better life is available and provide you with spiritual principles and practical steps to improve your life regardless of where you are. In other words, regardless of the state of your life today, if you will begin to exercise some of the steps and the promises that I've been laying out for you and begin to do them, then your life will not be the same. Amen. Today's lesson is designed to help you make some needed changes in your life by faith so that you can begin to consistently experience a better life. Now, I, I did like, uh, like a, a change up on the bookstore a little bit this morning when I got up, which was really early. I felt a change on the message and I used to didn't like when the Lord do that to me, but uh, you got to go with the Lord, right? So I'm not sure who this message is for today, but I know it's going to bless somebody. Amen. All right. Turn to John 10, 10. That's our normal scripture that we've been using for our particular series. John chapter 10, verse 10. And it's Jesus talking. He says, the thief comes not before to steal and to kill and to destroy. Then he went on to say, I am come that you might have what? Life and that they might have it more what? More abundantly, the message translation says a thief is only there to steal, kill and destroy. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. Amen. And when we're talking about a better life, we don't mean better because your life is bad. It just means that our life can use some improvement. And so we've looked at three principles so far that talked about what we can do and steps that we can take on how to have a better life. And the first one was a better life starts when we begin to make quality decisions one at a time. And if you didn't get the CD, make sure I think it was CD number two where I outlined how to make good quality decisions step by step. Then the second thing we looked at is that we must believe and that having a better life has been promised and is possible. That was number two. Number three was we must know that knowledge is the doorway to a better life. And then this morning, I want to talk about faith to change will help us have a better life. Everybody say faith, faith. To, change. to change. Do you know it takes faith to change? When you have been in a comfort zone so long, or if you've been doing the same thing for so long, it is actually easier and it takes more faith to leave something than it does to stay and continue doing what you're doing. Have you ever been in a job situation and you got so comfortable, but the more comfortable you got, the more miserable you got? But for some reason, you just would not take the step to look outside of that place and start moving. And so what, that's what people do sometimes. They, they become so miserable, but see, they don't want to take that step out because it takes faith to move out. Amen? Amen. So I want you to do this. Go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, that is the famous scripture for the definition of faith. But I'm going to start uh, in chapter 10 this morning because remember now the bible was one continuous letter the only reason it is in chapter and verses is for them to help us be able to locate different passages in the bible 
okay? Hebrews chapter 10, write down verse 38 because that's where I'm going to start. Now, as we read it, I want you to read it as a continual letter. He says, now, the just shall live how, class? The just shall live by faith. But if any man draws back, draws back from what? Draws back from living by faith, God says, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Now, why does he say that? Because in Hebrews eleven six it says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. But then the next verse says, but we are not of those who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but of those that believe to the saving of the soul. Now, faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for and faith is the evidence of things not what? Seen. Now, when you look up the word substance there, it means foundation. Everybody say foundation. It means foundation, it means substructure, and I looked up the word substance or, I mean, foundation in the dictionary, and it means the basis or groundwork of anything. In other words, what he's saying there in in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, faith is the foundation of things hoped for. So you cannot start anything in your life without starting with faith first. Now... What in the world is faith? Romans ten seventeen. and this morning, I'm not turning to all the passages. I'm just going to quote some for you. But in Romans ten seventeen, it tells us how faith began. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. So I cannot obtain the faith that I need to make changes in my life until I begin to impart into my heart, impart into my spirit, man, impart into my soul some word on change so my life can now. So watch this now. So now I can begin to develop the faith I need to step outside of where I am. Amen. Now go to Luke chapter 17. Luke 17. Luke chapter 17, faith starts by hearing the word of God. Here's a good example of that in in the the life of Jesus and his disciples. Luke chapter 17, look in verse 5. It says, and the apostles said unto him, Lord, increase our what? What did they say? How many in here would like to see your faith increase? Let me see. Okay, watch this. He said, Lord, they said, increase our faith. And then look at the first four words in verse 6. Read it with me. And the Lord said, guess what? Because faith can only come when something is said. And so listen, this is why most people don't have the faith that they need because they're not hearing anything that was said. Now notice what Jesus did not do. He did not now, watch this. He did not write down what he wanted them to say. He said what he needed to say to them because reading comes, uh, it produces comprehension. Amen. But listen, listening produces understanding. Okay, that's why teachers teach. Like you can read something in a book and don't understand it. And then they turn around and teach you what was in the book. And after hearing what they said about what you read, you now have understanding about it. And that's the problem with most believers. What we do, we want to have faith for different areas of our life. But if you have, want faith for finances, you got to hear the word of God on finances. If you need faith for a better marriage, you need to hear the word on a better marriage. Amen. Now, watch this now. Romans 10, 9, write that down. It says, uh, no, go there. Let's go there. I want everybody to go that one. Go to Romans chapter 10. Go to Romans 10. I'm going to show you this process. Most believers don't understand that the faith process is the thing that got you saved 
And it is the very thing that you must continue to do when you're saved so that you can keep obtaining the promises of God. And most people stop doing the, the very thing that got you saved. Most people stop doing it after they get saved. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. In fact, I'm going to quote this verse for you. This is in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, for by grace are we saved through faith. And that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So the very thing that got us saved was the gift that God gave us, which was the faith he put inside of us. Now, so those of you who are new will know, God put, every, put inside of every person the measure of faith. So you got it inside if Jesus is your Lord. Amen. Now, where I tell you to go? Romans 10. Let me show you this process now. It says in verse 9, that if you will confess with what? Your mouth, the Lord Jesus... And shall what? Believe where? In your heart that God has what? Raised him from the dead. What happens? You shall be saved. So watch this now. In order for you to get saved, the scripture says, if you just keep reading now, look in verse uh, 15. It says here, well, look in verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Watch this now. And how can they believe in him in whom they have not heard? So your believing must be uh, uh, stirred up by what you hear. And that's why you can't be around negative people because negativity produces believing. It just said here, how can they, be- how can they believe unless they hear? So listen, just the fact that you heard about Jesus and you accepted him as your savior, the only reason you did that is because you heard the gospel. Well, when you hear negative stuff, it's going to cause you to believe as well. Now, notice that process in the Bible, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe where? In your heart, God raised from the dead. Well, now now go to Colossians chapter 2. Go to Colossians 2. Let me show you this process. This is what most people stop doing. They get saved. They use their faith to get saved. How did they get the faith? They got the faith because they heard the word. They responded to the word. But then the very process that we have to use is we stop doing it. So this is where now most good Christians fall off the bandwagon. I'm going to show you why. In Colossians chapter 2. Now watch this now. This This is where I feel most people get off the train track of faith. They're living right. They're believing right. See, believing is just acknowledging that something is true. They're giving right. They're praying right. They're even teaching, uh, treating people right. But there's one thing they're missing. Because, see, faith is not activated by your treating people right. Did you know that? Watch this now. Colossians 2, what did I tell you, verse 6? Verse 6. Colossians 2, look at verse 6. It says, as you have therefore received who? Christ Jesus. What are you supposed to do? Walk in him. Now, let me ask you a question. How did you receive Christ Jesus? By faith. And when you, how did you do it by faith? You confess with your mouth. And what else? You believed in your heart. So watch this now. In order to make changes in your life by faith, you have to continue to keep confessing with your mouth and continue to believe in your heart. And that's where most people stop. So watch this. Here it is now. You believe in God for a job, but you have said nothing out of your mouth. Here it is. You believe in God for a husband or a wife, and you are not saying nothing out of your mouth. Here it is. You believe in God for a new car, and you're struggling. The one you have is on tires that look like they're going to pop. 
But you're saying nothing with your mouth. In fact, you're talking about what you see. So you have to begin to take the same process that you use to get saved and continue to use it in your everyday life. Did anybody understand that? Okay, now. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I'm going somewhere. I hope I can get where I'm going. Don't get slow on me this morning, okay? 1 Timothy chapter 6, and I want you to write down verse 13. 1 Timothy chapter 6. You know what? Keep your hand here. Let's go back to Hebrews. Keep your hand here. Let's go to Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Keep your hand there. We may come back on that. Hebrews chapter 10. Watch this now. Look at verse 23. It says, let us hold how? Fast. That word hold fast. It means to seize and obtain or lay hands on. Literally or figuratively. He says, hold fast to the what? To the profession. That word profession. Write this down. 1 Timothy 6.13. So we won't have to go there. The word in, in uh, that word profession in the in the English also is the word confession, and you'll see it in First Timothy six thirteen. So you can go there and look look that up later. But he's saying, let us hold fast to the confession of our faith without what class, without wavering. Why? Because he is faithful that promised. And so most people, what happens is life begins to come, and now when life starts coming. We start letting go of the confession of our faith. And you got to hold on to your confession because without your confession, there is no possession. You, it, notice he said, hold fast, seize it, put your hands on it, don't let go. And he says, continue to do it because when you do, there's a promise at the end of it. Amen. So go to John 21. Go to John 21, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Here's something, here's, some, here's what I want you to jump into now on how to bring some changes into your life. John chapter 21, and write down verse 3 if you're there. Results for a better life can only be expected, watch this now, when something is being done from what you're doing today. I'm going to say that again. Results for a better life can only be expected when something different is being done f- from you than what you're doing today. In other words, you got to start doing something different today than you were doing yesterday to get some results in your life that you're not getting. Now, in John 21, look in verse 3. Simon Peter said unto him, I'm going fishing. They said unto him, we're also going with you. They went forth. They entered into a ship immediately. And that night, the whole night, can you imagine working for free on, on a, a night shift? And they, the Bible says they caught what? They caught nothing. But when the morning was come, Jesus came on the shore and the disciples didn't even know it was Jesus. Verse 5. Then Jesus said unto them, children, have you any meat? And they answered, no. And he said unto them, cast your net how? On the right side of the ship. In other words, Jesus made them change. And when they change, if you continue to read, when they cast, therefore, uh, it says, and now they were, they were not able to draw from all the multitude of fishes. In other words, once they changed what they were doing, they got results. And some of you all, I see you. Have you ever seen a fly in a room and the mirror, you know, to a fly looks like it's another room? Have you ever seen a fly? That's what some of y'all are doing. You're not changing. If you're not getting the results you want, hello, you need a V8. You got to make a change. 
Now, changing for a better life is never the responsibility of anyone other than me. I want you to write that down. Write that down. Changing. Say changing. Changing for a better life is never the responsibility of anyone other than me. Because let me tell you a secret. If you're waiting on somebody else to change, what if they never change? That means you're going to live your life in neutral all your life. So the responsibility is to change is me. Now, here's the test to know if you need to make some changes in your life. The number one test is, ask yourself this. Am I happy and satisfied with the current results that I have? Okay, just review your life and just say, okay, am I happy and, and satisfied in every area of my life? If I'm not, I want you to identify some areas that you'd like to make some changes. And the first thing I'm going to say to you is you got to first put your mouth on that thing. See, even if you don't believe it, if you say it long enough, the system is designed to cause you to, to do it. Amen. Now, God's way will always lead us to a better life. When we do things God's way, even regardless of the change, see what we do, we focus on the change. I'm going to go through some of the things that hinder us from changing. But sometimes we, we just, we don't want to change. And, and, and because, see, there's so many things that is involved in changing that we don't want to change, especially other people that get involved in it. But when you make changes for the better, not only is it going to better your life, but it's going to better the people's lives around you. I remember one of the, uh, you know, I always, I listen to myself to make sure I, you know, get better and that kind of thing. But, but then I also keep an open heart on changes that need to be made as we do things here. And one of the changes that I made earlier, uh, I was doing an altar call. And, you know, the churches in the old days, they used to have people to stand up and then walk down here and, and all that. And then they take them to the back somewhere and give them some information. And we started out doing that, but we have no room or reception area for people. And I didn't like the fact that people were standing up. Then on top of that, as our church began to grow, I mean, it's very difficult to just get people or get all your stuff and just, and, and, and the Lord just had me to change. He said, just have people to raise their hand to want to get saved, want to get their, their lives together, want to join the church, give them a card to fill out, let them put that card in the thing and let them walk on about their business. He said, see, we used to think, well, if you be ashamed of the Lord, he's going to be ashamed of you. Well, if you raise your hand, you wasn't ashamed. Who says you have to walk down the, how many had to walk the aisle growing up? Let me see. See, look at, oh, (laughs) I mean, now see, I grew up Presbyterian. We didn't walk the aisle. But so many of us, and, and let me say this to you, be honest with me too. Be honest, like uh, Jamaicans say. How many would prefer to just raise your hand at the seat versus just coming down the aisle? See, see. So making that change wasn't just for me, but it was for you too. Amen. So changing for a better life by faith requires two things. Number one, write this down, determination. And number two, desires. What did I just say? Say it again. Okay, now, determination says, I will get it done. But desires say, I want to get it done. Now, there's a difference between the two now. Determination says, I got to get it done. Because, see, you can have determination to do something with a bad attitude. But then desire says, I want to get it done. 
And one thing about making changes in your life, changes require some discipline. Discipline means to enforce obedience until what I'm doing becomes what I desire to do. Uh, Marion Barber, was, he had a speech this week, and uh, it was a great speech, and I'm going to quote him. He said that self-discipline is the ability to get yourself to take action regardless of your emotional state. That's good, isn't it? I told him I was going to use it, so it's all good. It's mine now. I gave him credit one time, that's it. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to read it again. Watch this. Self-discipline is the ability to get yourself to take action regardless of your emotional state. And so now I have to address the fact that there are some disciplines that I need to put in place. And changes are hard to do sometimes. See, I've been doing the same routine pretty much for the last five years. And the Lord is changing them. And boy, it is very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. I used to get up in the morning, take heaven to school, grab me, you know, uh, I used to get a Starbucks. I don't do that no more. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I'm laughing at. Don't worry about it. I used to get me a Starbucks. I would go to IHOP or Waffle House, get me some breakfast, go home, eat my breakfast, watch a movie for about 15 minutes while I'm eating my breakfast. And then I start studying right then. Well, because now we have a new baby, his schedule now he wants to play with daddy at 8 o'clock, 8.15. Well, that's interrupting my routine. So after it wasn't working, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to start praying at 5. Because I didn't pray that early. I prayed after I got done. Well, I was praying this, this about a month and a half ago. I was praying. And it was about my normal time, about, I don't know, 11.30, 11.45, somewhere up in there. And the man outside, we eating. <laughs> And I could not focus. You cannot pray to the Lord with a weed eater going on. And I was like, I've never heard somebody weed eating during the day like that. I've been doing this for five years. And the Lord told me, he said, I want you to go to five o'clock. I want you to get up at five o'clock and pray. And I was like, what? I said, well, if you want me up at five, you're going to have to get me up because I ain't getting up. He said, what, what, what is that? If you had a job interview, you wouldn't be like, well, if they want me to get up and go to that job interview, they just wake me up. No, it don't work like that because faith without what? Works is what? So I said, oh, my goodness. So I started setting my alarm to get up at 5. Now, it's been going on about a month now. I still ain't got up. (laughs) But let me tell you what I have done. When the alarm goes off, I start praying in the spirit in the bed. Then after about 20 minutes, for real that change is affecting me but I know it's going to work for good once I do it because see when I do do that it now frees some more time in my day amen I made a decision I made a decision I'm all off my lesson but it's all good y'all learned something anyway though Uh, I, I, I decided I read that scripture when it says man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I just decided, you know, because my routine was to eat and then study, I decided I am not going to eat any food until I have at least read a chapter in the Bible, and then I will eat, and then I can study. In other words, I can't live by just the food alone. I got to produce some spiritual food for my life. 
Amen. Are you there? Go to Mark 11. Go to Mark 11. And uh, I didn't get close to where I want to go. But it's all good. See, what happens is when, cha- when the Lord changed me like that, I don't get a chance to rehearse my, my message to time it out. Normally, I'll rehearse it, and then I can time out. I know where I'm going to start, and I know where I'm going to stop. But when you do this, you don't know where you stop it. So we're just going to blame it on the Lord today. <laughs> Mark chapter 11. Now, remember, I said there are two things you must do in order to make some changes by faith. What were those two, class? And desires. Now, determination is just us putting the boundaries in place that we need in place, and then... The disciplines that are needed, whether that's an alarm clock, whether that's using somebody to hold you accountable, whatever those things are that will help those disciplines go in place. And then the biggest ones to me are the desires. Now, in Mark chapter 11, look at verse 24. Well, look at, yeah, verse 24. Therefore, Jesus said, I say unto you, what things soever you do, you what? You desire when you what? Pray that's saying something. Believe that you receive them. And what? You shall have them. So a better life can only start with my desire level changes. Everybody say desire level changes. And see, desires must be triggered. Just see, the, the, the reason most of us walk by feelings and not by faith is because feelings seem more real to us. Now, there's nothing wrong with our feelings because God gave us our emotions. But really, he gave us our emotions so that we can be in tune with our surroundings. So that, you know, we can be sensitive and compassionate to things that are around us and people around us. But he did not govern our emotions to govern us. Now, here's the first way to to, to trigger a desire. Here's the first thing. Or different types of desires. We have internal desires. These are desires that have been developed by personal perceptions and past experiences. Everybody say internal desires. And then you have infused desires. Those are desires that are put inside by the Lord. Then number three, you have inspired desires. These are desires produced by seeing the success of other people. See, other people's successes should never intimidate you. They should inspire you. And then number four is intentional desires. Now, that's the one I want to focus on because intentional desires are purposely put inside from you and I reading, researching, realizing, and reaching beyond where we are. So we have to intentionally, say intentionally, we have to intentionally put that word on the inside of us, and you do that by reading, researching, realizing, and that's nothing but scriptural meditation. And I talked about that last week or the week before last. And, and, and that's what you do. And so how do you do that? You go get you a magazine with stuff in it you know you can't afford. I mean, let me ask you a question. What's wrong with reading a book or journal or biographies about successful people and successful things? People say, well, well, I don't have it. That's how you get it. Just go. It's free. Let me tell you another way. Go test. You, you, Pastor, I need a new car. When was the last time you test drove one? Say, well, I don't have the money. You don't need the money. You got to first put, listen, you got to put that thing intentionally inside. So when you go to bed at night, you don't see yourself driving the one you drive now. You see yourself on the one you test drove. You ain't got to have no money. Walk in there like you got about a million dollars just to pay cash for the car. Amen. 
My next car, I'm telling y'all, my next car, I'm going to buy that Bentley Flying Spur. I haven't test drove it yet, but I'm going to go and test drive one. And I'm going to act like I can go in there and pay cash for it. Excuse me, sir, I want to drive this car right here. Uh, you want that car? I want this one. Uh, go get the keys for me. I'm not even going to ask him. I'm going to tell him. And then I'm going to get in that car and I'm going to drive it to see what it feels like. Because I may not want it. But I got to put, I got to do something to put that in there. Then you can watch this. Go look at a new house. How are you going to get the desire if you don't put it inside? He said, what things soever you desire. You said, well, I don't have my credits not together. So what? Put the desire inside. And when you begin with your mouth to start saying what you want God to do, faith will get produced and you'll start seeing what you're saying. Amen. Let me see where I want to go. Watch this now. Write this down. Here's some things you can do to start changing. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. You don't have to go there. It tells us how desires can be changed when my environment changes. This is what 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 in the Amplified says. But now I write unto you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of Christ or brother If he is known to be guilty of immorality or greed or is an idolater whose soul is devoted to another object and usurps the place of God or is a person with a foul tongue, railing, abusing, reviling, slandering or is a drunkard or a swindler or a robber. No, you must not so much as eat with such a person. In other words, in other words, now the type of people that I hang around with. It's going to either help my desires or hurt my desires. Have you ever stopped cussing? I mean, for real, you stop cussing. And then you started hanging around people that start cussing, that cussed already. What happened? You start cussing them out. Joe, I didn't know you cussed. Yeah, I, I didn't until I met you. <laughs> I mean, the people. See, write this down. Some of you all need to go evict some negative friends. How many have been evicted in here? Let me see. Anybody been evicted? Listen, only one hand, two hands. Praise the Lord. Everybody ain't being honest this morning. Y'all going to have to confess. Go to the confession booth on, outside on the way out, all right? But when you evict somebody, you're saying you are in my territory. You're on my property. I need you out. And some of you all need to do that to some of y'all's friends. And then you need to envision and invite new level of relationships in your life. Just, just see God bringing some new people into your life. He can't do it if you're holding on to Susie. Susie don't even want a better life. Susie wants your life. But you're holding on. You know, everybody want to be like the Joneses. Well, the Joneses are broke. They just don't look like it. The Joneses are sleeping in two separate beds like I love Lucy. So you got to begin to see and say. Everybody say see See. and say. Say it again. See. See. Come on again. Now, you're not going to see or say what you're seeing in the natural. You're going to see what you want to see spiritually. Say, well, Pastor, what do you mean by that? There's my clock. God has put, see, we are made in his image. We have the ability to see where we want to go. 
So I want to challenge you today. Whatever change you need to make in your life, see yourself making the change. See, y'all laugh, but I'm in the, I'm in the bed when that alarm goes off because it goes off. I got it set. I got, I got that alarm set. It's going to go off. But while I'm praying in the spirit land now, I see myself up in my prayer room. I see it. I see it. I see it. I ain't doing it right now. But I see myself. Do you see yourself? Amen. See yourself communicating with your spouse without yelling. See yourself when your kids do something crazy, not going off, but just being real nice and kind. They're going to be like, Daddy, we got a new mommy. What happened to mommy? Son, Jesus got a hold of her finally. Did you learn anything this morning? Good. Every head bow. Give the Lord a hand clap if you would. You may be.